0: She
1: real as they come. and we're back for another episode of the honestly helen podcast thank you for joining and let's get right into it okay all right so kate pleasure having you how you feeling how you doing what's up
0: i'm doing great i'm feeling uh Excited to be doing this with you and ready to dive in, I guess. Oh all right. Dive right on in that thing. Okay, so
1: uh we're in season four. What I do is I normally ask my guests, how do we know each other? What's the vibe? Like, why did you even agree to be on this podcast? Not really. How do we know each other? You don't have to say
0: <laughs> you agree to. Well, I was coerced into doing this podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I know you from work. Um and The moment that I started working at our job, RTA, um, I was like, hey, this chick looks really cool. You know, when you look at the profiles on the website, on our website, I was like, looking at the people, and I was like, who do I think looks cool, who I'd like, and you're one of the people that I saw. So yeah, and you just have good vibes. Uh, I love your energy, love everything you do for the company. So that's how we know each other.
1: Oh, yes, exactly. Uh, so, fun fact, I did record with Sarah as well. So, so far I've recorded with most of my co-workers for <laughs> season four, which really met some really dope co-workers. And I was, as soon as I met Kate, and y'all will get the vibes once, like, we start talking about the topic, but Kate is so fucking educated and articulate. Just, like, very chill, but you can tell, like, she about that shit if she got to be about that shit. And it's really fun to work with. And so um, once we like had like our first—I don't want to call it heart to heart. That sounds so cheesy. But when we just had like our first very open conversation with each other about um, you know life, and it wasn't about work. I was like, I fuck with Kate the long way, and I invited her to be on the podcast. And a few months later, here we are. So
0: yeah, black girl magic. Hashtag. All right. <laughs> agree. Agree. Um, thank you for those kind words. I feel the same about you. So this is this is rad. Rad, see, rad. Just who even says that anymore? Kate, amazing. I do. People say it.
1: I'm bringing it back. Okay. (laughs) Anybody's gonna bring it back. It's you. I. (laughs) I support that. I can see it. I can see it. All right, family, friends, on today's episode of Talking Life Honestly, being you. Now to break this down to y'all, because I kind of already told Kate where I was going with it. Y'all know I ramble, and so these podcasts. Episodes are set up to be very free-flowing. What really got me excited about it was um, Kate's background. And I'll let her kind of give a little bit more of her background. But um, Kate is a Black, queer, educated woman. And I think those are all identities that have their own, quote-unquote, subset of labels and rules and fucking, you know, things you can and cannot do within those things. And being in America in itself is... um you know, challenging, if you're any of those things. And so I said, oh, who better to talk about being you in America and identity and all the things that come with being you than Kate? So that was a mouthful. Kate, how do you feel about that?
0: Um, I feel good. No, I think it's interesting because I feel like for most of my life, I was trying to avoid all of my identities. Mm-hmm. Always, I always wanted to be someone that was kind of like, and in the background so I don't know if you know this or if I've told you but I'm also adopted
1: yes I did figure out that yes more identities Kate I'm telling yeah.
0: you yeah yeah I'm adopted I was adopted into a white family which I think has also shaped my identity a lot too and shaped like where I am now as someone who's like queer and black um because those aren't things that I always embraced really easily mm. um and I think that I don't know maybe when I hit feel like I got to a point in my 20s and I kind of just my mid 20s and I was just like hey I mean this is working for me might as well accept it and then I think I also just started like finally looking I don't know because can you tell me what you think about this but being a black woman means like you can't have any vulnerabilities you can't Mm. you know show any weaknesses people are always looking for you to do something wrong I don't know that's how I felt like a lot of my life Okay. And so, but I was also very much like, you know, I'm never going to play the victim. I'm never going to say that people are treating me this way because of my identity. But as I got older, and I think I just started learning more and like educating myself more about like colonization, you know, and the history of like systematic oppression, et cetera. That's when I really started embracing these things and seeing it in a different light. Light. And actually, like, weirdly to say, like, my wife, who is also white, (laughs) was someone who I think really helped me learn to, like, embrace that because she has done, it's not to, like, give her a pat or be like, oh, you're a great white person. But, you know, I just think the work they put in, like, self, decolonization and just learning, like, indigenous peoples, et cetera, uh, taught me a lot, really, like, expanded my view and really was, like, let me come into those identities to be like hey it's okay to be this and actually like this is not something that you should be ashamed of like you should be proud of it and I feel like that's kind of I don't know like a new thing that's like in the last several years amidst all the like, turmoil that we've all experienced like I feel like like there's black girl magic black boy magic like being black is beautiful like there's really been a new emphasis on that which I feel like wasn't there for a while you know no one was talking about it yeah I that makes sense <laughs> they do
1: no. just ramble and go off topic <laughs> oh no you did it I love it girl you know I love a good ramble if it's not me I think no I, <laughs> I think I agree with you and I want to say I mean I actually came up with my little term blagical at the height of um Black Girl Magic when that was coming around and I was like, dude, that like feels really good and um it's nice to have something that's only associated with uh black girls specifically and then there started to be a few uh brown like songs dedicated to being black like specifically talking about melanin skin and brown skin girl I know that that one's a little newer but yeah I definitely did notice the uptick in being celebrated black and also I actually said this on another podcast that I'm on. The uptick in Black entrepreneurship has, has been on the, the fucking up and up. Now, I don't know how successful it <laughs> yeah. is, but I have seen way more Black entrepreneurs. And I think that I honestly could probably, if we did some da- like data, some experiment, I'm pretty sure there's correlation between a few years ago when they just started to become more vocalization of being proud to be Black and identifying with your Blackness to all these social media entrepreneurs or black entrepreneurs who are finally getting their nail licenses and being nail owners and open up their own little shop and doing shit. You know what I'm saying? Like Before it was just braiding yeah. in your backyard and now it's, okay, I going to go get my hair license so that way I can open up a shop to then braid a whole bunch of peoples and be legal. And it's like, I've seen, yeah, all that to say yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally, I agree. Seriously, that is something that's been new and like really cool and amazing. And I also feel like, I mean, our world's messed up like what can we say but one of the one of the bonuses of everything that's happened is I think that and honestly I don't think I mean I could go on and on and about this so I don't think it's enough but I think people have started like stepping out and realizing like we do like deserve more you yeah know? yeah we as a black and yeah we as black people like in general we as like people of color I know I mean and then certainly back to kind of what you said it's interesting because I would say that for many years I would say my identity was probably more tied to being like a queer someone who's queer and I feel like it's as I've gotten older it's shifted
1: Mm -hmm. a little bit too
0: and maybe that's just like when you're looking down the lifespan like you know I'm expecting like wife and I were expecting our first child who's going to be black and so I think that that's just really also like caused more rumination on like these issues and these things and what's going to mean like you know for my like son who's going to be like this black man and even just starting to think about like what does that mean for him you know like that's scary yeah it's sad to say but it's like I'm kind of scared for him
1: (laughs) yeah no 100% to talking about like being even worried about your uh black son I think about that now that I'm an aunt and I have a black nephew and wondering how he is going to identify himself in this world because he is predominantly black my brother's mixed like me so he has a different hair texture and he has these nice thick curls and so he already don't look black he looks like a dark Cuban, low key. And so how he's going to navigate, because Andy growing up in California, like who knows what that looks like. Um, but I do want to ask you, you kind of touched on it, which was very interesting. What do you identify as currently? And that sounds like such a setup question, because I feel like you shouldn't have to, quote unquote, identify as something. But let me give you a little bit of context with what I mean by that, not just what you identify as. Because I'm tri-racial, I remember in high school there was this conversation about biracial kids or multiracial kids having to identify. And if you're mixed raised on your black side, your white side, you don't feel black enough. Or if you're raised on your black side, you don't feel like you fit in with the white side of your family. So then you don't really know how to identify. You feel like you can't identify as black or white. I have always identified as black. Uh mainly I want mean, it's probably because I grew up with the black side of my family. However, I'm very much uncomfortable with the Slovenian side of my family. And When I'm with them and we're at Slovenian events, I'm like, yeah, I'm part Slovenian, 100%. But so I've never really struggled with my identity. And a part of that, I've always questioned myself, is it because I look Black, so it's easier for me to identify as Black versus if I was a little lighter? (laughs) That's what I'm asking, like, do you have an identity? Or if you don't, like, how do you even feel about that fucking question? Is that a question like, ugh?
0: No, I think that's a great question. It's funny to me because I always think, well, this is just to me. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, let's be real. Like anytime you have a drop, your drop of black, people are like, you're black outside. So I yeah. think that's interesting in the world, no matter what, how you look at yourself. Like the moment your skin is like slightly like <laughs> darker, you have yep. like curly hair. They're like, <laughs> you're black. So I think that's really interesting. And to speak on the, my identity, I would say that like I've had because I was raised in a white family mm-hmm. and around a lot of white people, mostly like my mom did a great job. Like I had like went to a black church and she tried her best to make sure that we were like oh, always nice. connected with go mom. Uh, ourselves. Yeah. Um, definitely respected for that. So, you know, I had, I mean, I had a hard time growing up, I would say, because I went to uh, like school that had mostly white kids and mm-hmm. then I basically, it was a small private school. So I grew up seven day Adventist, basically. And like, that's, it's like a religion that's like Protestant religion, <laughs> I guess. I was like, who the fuck? What are you? That's a whole nother thing. I could go into that. That's a whole nother thing. But yeah, it's pretty like conservative. Anyway, so I went to a small private school and I went to like basically the same school from kindergarten, to 12th grade. Damn. And then, Yeah. And, like, there was, like, my graduating class, I think there was maybe, like, 140 kids in the whole high school. <laughs> what the? Holy shit! Yeah.
1: You had a very interesting childhood.
0: Yeah, very small school. And so, I don't know, there was, like, a time where I was, like, you know, I'd go to my church, everyone's black, my school, everyone's white. And um, there's a period, I think, like, in middle school where I was just feeling, like, trying to you know, bridge the gap between those two worlds, which like I was never white enough and I was never black enough, right? Yeah. Even though like, obviously I'm black, I look black, look visibly like someone who's black, but I was never like able to fit into that. So I think I finally came to my mom. I was like, hey, I want to go to this public school. I was like around where I lived.
1: Yeah. And
0: I went there for like one year, horrible experience. I got like jumped in the bathroom. Oh, what? Like it was really weird. Like I never figured out why, but I really think that it was because I think some of the kids hated that I like liked school. You know, I would like raise my hand in class. I've always been kind of a nerd. I was like into class and definitely yeah. didn't try to overstep my bounds, but you know, I don't know. People hated it and didn't like it. And like, they're like, you're an Oreo and like, yeah, all that shit. And so I think that was part of why they did that. Cause they just, I don't know why it's really weird. I'm like, out of one person, like why was it? Why were they like we're gonna target this random person? But I've always been right for the picking, I guess. But yeah, so that that was like, and my first experience, I think, where I was like, honestly, I was like, I don't know if I like black people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the That's people that jumped me were black, and I was like, why the hell did they jumped me? Like they jumped me in a bathroom like it was like four people against one I got my ass kicked <laughs> <Not> <laughs> not there's no way you're
1: winning a jump fight unless you yourself got some <laughs> weapons and you're taking bitches out like
0: <laughs> yeah no no, it was horrible and I was like traumatized and I don't know maybe it was over this there was this guy there that had a crush on me who I was like anyways I have no idea it was some dumb shit like dumb high school stuff but yeah so that was my first experience where I guess to answer that question where I was like, I felt really conflicted between the two. Cause I was like, I'm not white, but I'm not black enough. And I don't know how to change this or fit in. And I'm like, it's too late. Like I'm a horrible dancer. I'm like all the things that people were telling me that made you black. I was like, well, I can't check that off my list. Like, can you list some of those things? Not to, not to make it. No, yeah. I just think the way that I speak like is one thing like I feel like it's interesting because my sister if you would talk to her it's like you'd think that we were raised in completely different like towns and areas because I guess she's maybe better at code switching than I am and I feel I'm I'm just like you know what I I strongly believe that if I was raised anywhere even in a black family like this is just how I would talk you know I'm like yeah. I'd be the Carlton of that group I don't like that would just be me <laughs> like straight <laughs> up. That is a great, uh,
1: that is a great comparison, the Carlton of the family. Yeah. And you know, what's crazy is that I actually, I remember there were a, like, there were black kids that were the Carlton's of the high school and I went to a predominantly black high school and they would, they would make fun of the Carlton of the school. And I remember early on being a very, and I feel like I'm going down a different rabbit hole, but fuck it. I remember <laughs> being very perplexed by the interactions of black people because I was always like for black people to want so much respect and for us to be looked at a certain way. We still feed into these stereotypes. We're really loud. We get ignorant ignorant, we have a problem. We, you know, we don't act like we got any common sense. And then this was in middle school. I just remember thinking, and also why do black people always go to the back of the bus when Rosa Parks fought? for us not to have to sit in the back of the bus. And that shit has always bothered me. And ever since I've had that thought, I'm like, Black people feel like taking our power back is feeding into the stereotype and like, quote unquote, owning that, owning that image and owning what comes with being Black. No, that is not, like the white people don't see it that way. And now I'm definitely going off on a tangent. But anyway, so to, to bring it back, because I'm really about to go there. Um, I understand where you're coming from because I've always been very perplexed by the the. Our people, to be honest, like we want to have this respect. We want to have um a say-so, a seat at the table, but then carry ourselves in a way that we're like we're the initial reasons why we weren't taken seriously to begin with. And we think it's funny because then the people that support us are like, hey, like you still gonna be hood, and they're like last little comment. The fact that Suki Hana, do you know who that is? No, I don't. Who's that? You should look her up. She is the she is the- <laughs> And she is like Trina times a thousand, and just is is the representation of like a hood black rapper, and she embraces it and loves it. And I'm I'm here for it. Like I'm here for it. Make your coins. I you want to make your coins. But this is also the same material that white people use against us. Like everything that she's doing is glorifying being a hood rat, having multiple baby daddies, being a hoe, being happy she a hoe. Like. And again, I support all that, but make your coins and stuff that dick. We here for it, but this is the shit that they use against us as to why, like you can't sit at corporate America, and that kind of goes into Black people making their own lane because she she's making a lane for that type of genre of music and those type of women that like her music, and she's making money off of it, but she's also closing doors to those other opportunities because of how she's acting, and then in our like you know then Black people just switch around and be like, okay, well that's just. I can do that. We black like they've been saying that we hoes and we this that and others. So I'm gonna just em- empower myself with that. Like, yeah, but also y'all, we can't. That's not how you win this war. I don't think. I feel like that's yeah not the method.
0: I feel like that's such a that's like such a loaded topic because when I think yeah. about it, I'm like, I have so many feels about it. Because honestly, I'm just like, hell yeah, like black people should be able to do that shit and like make their money and celebrate it and still also guac into corporate america because like right. we no longer like we should have to keep on fucking assimilating like yes you yes. know like yes. fuck, fuck yes. white people I, <laughs> like you're right i'm with you I, yes mm-hmm. but i get what you're saying so it's like i feel and it sucks because i'm like i'm someone who's always like assimilated quite easily right just Mm. because I can speak the way that white people like talk and I can make them feel comfortable because I'm like not too black so you know they're able to like feel all right around me like (laughs) whatever the fuck that means but I'm also like hey sis I'm here for you like yeah you know someone came in here like I stand with like black folks I'm not going to be over here with the white people I'm like and I think that's the thing that sometimes people forget or it's like, hey, like just because I speak this way doesn't mean I'm not like down for the cause and actually like real as fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. You know. And yes. I think that gets left out. Yes, and, and that... it's weird because. Oh, sorry. No, no,
1: no. Continue, continue, continue. Because
0: you're. Probably... I was gonna say it's weird because like the the, when I started having the most black friends again and like reconnecting with like my blackness and black people was when I came to Portland. I moved to Portland, the whitest fucking city. And finally, Black people are like, like, Black people in Portland are like, whoa, another Black person are like, like, anywhere, you know, everyone's like, yo, you're fam. Like, it's not the same vibe that you get when I feel like when you're in, like, because I'm from Southern California, so LA, in that area, like, yeah. people are like, oh, you're not hood enough, but here in Portland, everyone's like, Black, excellent, it's like, You know, there's like this young gifted in black thing. that I was like talking to someone about like that's basically like black professionals in the area in Portland all get together just to like hang out. It's just like such a different vibe. Yeah, and it took like being in the whitest fucking most racist city to like bring that out finally. (laughs) That That is interesting. That is
1: yeah. That's something to chew on. That is something to chew on. Uh, but also I yeah. It makes sense, though, because Portland is also a um, one of those cities that embraces different. So I feel mm-hmm. like within, it kind of sucks, but there's we know there's different cultures in Black, in, in what we call Black, so including real Africans from the continent of Africa, Ethiopia, all those Blacks, and then African-American Blacks. I feel like within African-American, Black Americans, there's different cultures of Blacks within the there's the <laughs> now this is little a little It's like it's the niggas <laughs> it's the niggas with the hard er and then there's um what I'm feel like there's different levels of black yeah. in black america which is so fucking weird because hi, hi y'all how are we gonna be united and divided at the same time i don't even get it so i know <laughs> i understand exactly what you're saying and to even um to kind of throw a little, you know, most salt in it, have you ever had to, or have you ever been in a position where your identities were challenged? Like as a black woman, you were supporting someone that was in the LGBTQ plus community and they felt like maybe you weren't black enough or you weren't gay enough, or I don't know if you can be gay enough, but I've heard there's like different, there's drama within that, in that community as well. Like, so like has, and I guess if, does that make sense?
0: No, yeah, it makes total sense. I mean, definitely there is, like, the whole idea of being gay enough, and that's, like, a whole nother topic that I have, like, lots of different feelings on, some that people would hate, some people would agree with, I don't know, but um, you not, not that. You know. I mean, I just think that, like, what I don't like is that, like, for me, I'm just, like, I claim I, I'm black and what's, you know, being black, it's like the identity that you can't erase, erase, like, yeah right. And then you have nothing against people that are like bisexual, but I'm like, yo, you're bisexual when it like is easy, when it suits you. Like every day I walk in somewhere, I'm black and people know I'm gay and people discriminate against me for it. And it's not saying that your sexuality is less valid. I'm like, I just don't have the time to listen to you bitch about how you're like, bi and invisible like i'm sorry that i don't like i'm the wrong audience you know or like femme invisibility where like femme women are like oh it's so hard because like other people don't know i'm gay and i'm just like sorry like even when i like am presenting as feminine just because i don't have long ass hair people assume i'm gay like Uh and you know what like it's a sensitive topic because like for me i i chose that short hair but also it takes a long fucking time for me to grow my hair so it's like And it's, like, you know, then when I'm in that, like, inappropriate hair stage, then it's, like, is that appropriate for work, et cetera. Like, I'm just, like, there's all these other barriers that surround my identity. And, like, I'm not sitting here trying to, like, victimize myself. So I get annoyed when, like, I'm just, like, but you have to, like, make your victimhood known. Even though, (laughs) like, 99% of the time you exist in a way that's, like, a lot easier than most people. And, I mean, I feel like that's kind of a little bit of a callous view, but... I definitely have views like that that i will say where I'm just sometimes I'm like, hey, like, I respect your right to like, feel your feelings when you're trying to like make a movement out of this. Like, I'm sorry if I don't agree. There's other there's I think there's way other there's other bigger issues for so many different groups of people that, you know, need to be talked about are focused on and by invisibility to me is the lowest of the low. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, I would love to be able to just walk into a space and like, I guess actually this goes back to the other thing. It's like, I always have to declare my identities. Mm. And I've learned to do that because people already assume them. Like I don't ever, like most of the time people assume I'm gay. Most of the time people know I'm black. They know that I'm kind of like, you know, sometimes I'm like gender non-conforming. So it's like everywhere I go, I'm always carrying this burden, I would say, in a sense of that. Because people do treat me differently or judge me or I'm constantly getting misgendered, are treated weirdly or getting stares. Mm-hmm. You know, and that is something that bothers me because I'm not necessarily trying to, like, stand out in any, like, you know, way or form. But I don't know. I feel like I went off topic there. But that was great. To answer your question, <laughs> to, nope. like, have it, has it been challenged? My gayness has not been challenged. No. It's always been affirmed for the most <laughs> part. Um, being Black, I mean, yeah, that's always challenged. I always feel like I'm not Black enough. You know, and I I think I've gone to the point now where I'm like, well, I am Black enough because I am Black and I experience the same shit as you do. Like, you know, people follow me around in the freaking store and, like, stare at me and are racist. Like, I have a neighbor, for example. Like, all my neighbors here are chill. There's one neighbor that I'm like, I'm pretty sure you're racist. There's always one. I know, but it's weird. It's like that, those, like, microaggressions, right? Where it's like, he's like, I'm not gonna be like, yo, nigga, like, (laughs) to me or anything, but... Like, he never, like, for example, when we bought this house, like, my wife and I, I was the one here. He saw me so many times. Never came up and said hi. And then my wife, who's white, like, blonde hair, blue eyes, immediately, oh, hey, Heather, how are you? Like, you know? (laughs) And I always tell. Wow. Yeah. I'm just like. Interesting. I'm like, it's very weird to me that, like, you've never said a word, but you somehow managed to always say a word to, like, my wife. Yeah.
1: And see I feel
0: no not anyway that that is
1: yes exactly that I'm really noticing that I don't <laughs> I'm trying not to get like arrested because I feel like I'm I speak <laughs> so much not the most positive stuff about America but it's because honestly like I hear stuff like this and I just get so confused and bamboozled as to like bamboozled on a, on a small scale because I completely understand and I literally saw the broken records. I just said this on my last episode. Like I understand that, you know, the, the third world countries and the people that are really, really under a dictatorship and just have life fucking hard, don't even have a say for themselves want to come to America because it's a great place. A, it is compared to where you come from. I'm not knocking that. Then I hear stories like you born and bred in America and you've had to struggle with how people treat you because you black and look gay. And it's just like, everybody wants to come here, but do y'all know people get discriminated against because they look fucking gay? Kate could like sucking dick, but short hair. And she gets discriminated because people think she like eating vagina, which is true in this case. But there's a (laughs) lot of people that are bald-headed that don't like eating vagina. And y'all out here, just like, it just, it makes me angry. It makes me angry because I'm just like, there's. I feel like Americans have this, like, blinders on when it comes to America and we only talk about the bad shit when bad stuff happens so we didn't really talk about we didn't really start talking about racism in the police force until George Floyd and we have been seeing racism in the police force way before George Floyd and there's killings to prove that but I didn't see black America get truly fucking up in arms about it until George Floyd and that's when it feels like that's when like a small shift happened in America I don't know if we still shifting or if we've kind of you know gotten stagnant again, but it's shit like that where it's like I get it. There's so many more opportunities here, but the fact that Black Americans, gay Americans, fucking um, non gender conforming, whatever other American you want to to put out there has to deal <laughs> with some type of bullshit because somebody also in America feels like they have enough power to make you feel small, bottle like just it confuses me and I just don't get how people have so much pride about America and I don't know maybe I'm just maybe I'm privileged in my own way that I can see the the inconsistencies and the bullshit and the evil in this world and so I can speak from this place because I I've never lived in a third world country but I'm gonna still say this shit fucking bothers me and I'm not I'm listen I don't I'm like Colin Kaepernick we I'm on a fucking knee main center for no national anthem
0: <laughs> no I agree with you I think that man this is such a I feel like it's such a loaded topic. I feel like my wife and I were talking about this the other night, like, like what homelessness looks like in America. Like, it's just like, we're like in third world country, we're saying this and I mean, don't get, don't get me wrong. And I feel like I shouldn't say third world. Like there's a more PC term that I was in a class for, but um, now I can't remember the correct term. But but we, we, we love everybody, but y'all know what we say. Yeah.
1: Privileged but
0: yeah basically just saying like okay they're like freaking people in america that are like you know poor like the way that they live like they are all like addicted to drugs they're all like really fucked up and it's like we are like in third world countries at least like you can like put up a shack and like Mm. go outside and sell something and like not get arrested but like in america like you can't put up a shack without getting your shit like, getting harassed by the police, you know, like, there's just, yeah, it's, I think it's just a very different thing, which is interesting, because I feel like, in other countries, or less, I don't know, third world, less developed, whatever the piece, insert PC term here for Mm -hmm. that, because I just totally can't think of it, but I feel like the level of, like, happiness, like, Mm -hmm. people are poor, but they're, like, content and happy, and in America, like, People are poor and miserable, and developing nations like that developing was, nations. I just googled. Okay, it. like exactly like, and then j- it's just like people in developing nations—they're still out there living life. Sometimes they're happy. It's not this, and they're and if they're poor, it's not necessarily. They don't necessarily look like oh you're poor because you're lazy or a drug addict or it's just kind of like you're poor. But like here, it's like well if you're poor you're poor because and then insert all these negative connotations I don't know I just yeah no and, and it's like a
1: it's a crazy thing it is and also I've realized this has kind of taken a dark turn and I'm here for it because I'm about to make <laughs> it um, but, and that's all telling before we even started recording there was so much that I wanted to say about this topic which is why I called it being you because it can go in so many divots but all pertinent to how you identify yourself and um To kind of take it in a little different direction, but hopefully we bring it back at some point. (laughs) The Jeffrey Dahmer thing um, also was kind of what made me think about talking about this because the fact that Jeffrey Dahmer was able to use his sexuality to get away with so many murders because back in that time, people had such a heavy connotation of what it meant to be gay. Like in one of the scenes, the cops comes in and I don't know if this was real or if they just were, uh, you know, adding the fluff based off of that time or whatever, but he was like, he didn't want to come into Jeffrey Dahmer's house and he, Jeffrey Dahmer actually had a like dead body in his house because he didn't want to catch yeah. anything, because he didn't want to catch AIDS because Jeffrey Dahmer was mm-hmm. gay. Jeffrey Dahmer even said, oh, you know, I just have gay stuff. So to, when he's, when I was sitting there, I was like, wow, the fact that even using like your sexuality as a white man, you know, <laughs> as a past, because if that was a black man that said just gay stuff, he probably would have got butt raped by the fucking cop because the cop would have thought it was funny. To assault him and then gave him a ticket. Cause it was a white man. Yeah. He let him go and he was like, okay, like keep it down, or whatever, whatever. And so identity in America is, I mean, we know it's we know it's deeply rooted because of fucking slavery. Like slavery is really what catapulted all this identity shit and America having these, um, America having these. I really sound anti-American, but I'm fucking American, so I can only talk about what I know, okay? But America has <laughs> different, the fact that we have, we even have socioeconomic statuses that the fucking Bureau takes record of, like, what's your SES? Why do you need to know that? And why is that information important if you're not doing shit to help us? Because they don't know how many right? poor Latinos are, they got, how many poor Black people they got, how many poor immigrants they got. To do what? to say oh we have all kinds of races here but we all fucking struggling so what does that really fucking mean to anybody? Yeah that you you the you the foster mom that adopt the kids for the check but don't take care of the kids. I live by a lady like that which was crazy. That's mm-hmm. whole, I didn't even know you could like make check off of foster kids. That's wild. But that's different conversation.
0: No it's I know it's super dark like yeah the whole Jeffrey Dahmer thing okay that's yeah exactly it's like the fact that he got away for so long like so he lived in like a predominantly black area yeah people were calling the cops on him like every day being like this dude's a murderer yep. and literally nothing so it goes back well, to that they were I mean... black right <laughs> exactly yeah, <in>
1: America. <laughs> I mean, you, you obviously can't be talking about shit so I just want to Y'all not gonna call me racist. I might be a little bit, but just know, okay. I didn't live through slavery, but my
0: ancestors just threw me and a bitch is pressed, okay. And I'm but not. You're not racist. You're not racist. You know, because you can't be racist. Like that's something actually I'm passionate about. That I, you know, is that like black people cannot be racist because racism is based on positions of power, which black people have none. Like mm-hmm. if a black person's over here talking about this white person, what happens? Nothing. If this white person talks about some black person, what happens? That person is assaulted. That person, like, has some lack of status. They lose their job. Even when a black person does something that, let's say, could, like, change the status of someone who is, like, white it doesn't, it still doesn't affect them the same way because of all the systems of oppression that have been in place. So like, if someone's going to come out here and call you racist, like you're not racist. Like racism is, racism is based on power. Like you can be maybe prejudiced for sure, right? You can be discriminatory, you can be biased, but racist, like, no, like that's, that's based on power. And black people happen to be at the lowest totem pole when it comes to that. And, you know, unfortunately, so it's just, and that's something that I learned to embrace. And I'm like, you know, like, let me be real. Like, I, I need, like, why do we need to keep on giving? Like, I feel like black people are always over here giving, like, white people the benefit of the doubt. And I'm like, we've done it so long. And it's just like, even when I think about slavery, like, I always say this, like, black people are the only, like, black Americans are the only people, like, truly, like, really have no home. Because Africa's not our home anymore. Because, like, Y'all know Africans don't be like messing with Black people. They're like, yeah, no African. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a lie. That's true.
1: Africans do not really like African Americans. It's a dip. y'all not. No,
0: and they're like, don't associate me with them. And also, like, people have a different like connotation of Black. or sorry of Africans. Like they think when they think Africans, it's not. It's completely different in a context than like what they even think of. Like, African americans I mean, it's so funny, actually, that I remember I was driving an Uber one day, and I was talking to my Uber driver, and he was from Africa, and his daughter was born here. Mm. And he was telling me, he's like, whoa, I never experienced racism the same way that she has. And he's like, I have a completely different view on what it means to be, like, Black in America Yeah. than my daughter does. And he's like, I never experienced racism the same way that she did. And that, like, shook me to my core that this dude who's African was just like said, yeah, as someone who's lived in America, my daughter being someone who's African-American, who was born and raised here, like the level of racism that she faced and like oppression is like something that even was surprising to me. I'm wow. like, that's kind of crazy. That's deep. Yeah. So uh,
1: that was heavy. And I'm gonna see if you can help wrap wrap that up. To wrap all that up, <laughs> how do you think someone can be themselves there are many people who get who struggle with their identity so much that being multiracial is is hard for them. They want to belong to a a category or uh, an identity, and I, I and I did a, a podcast where we're talking like the safety of having labels, and I do agree with that. There is safety that comes with labels. There yeah, it, there is a home. There's like a a comfortability that comes with it. But what if you don't fit into those? Like, how do you find yourself? In America, especially if you're somebody colored, we ain't gonna add being a woman, although, you know, that's <laughs> I, that might be way too many hardships uh in one in one question. But you know what I'm saying? Like, how maybe how was it, how are you able to get to this point at Kate in this moment in time who knows who she is, who knows her identities and is comfortable in all of them? How did you get here? Do you do you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that. What really got me here was started to like educate myself on like colonization and you know the the history of America and people and also I let myself be hurt. I let I That's started cool. to like feel like bring in that rage and that anger and and start embracing it and integrating into who I am. I started saying like, "Hey, yes, that person did look at you weird because you're black and yeah. possibly gay, but like." For sure, one of those things are like, hey, what that person did to you was racist and that's okay. And like, you're not being a victim by seeing these things or being like, hey, the reason why this person treats you like that is probably because they do view you differently because you're someone, a person of color. And really being able to integrate that into myself and accept that and then and just take the power back from that in a way, I think, by really integrating those identities and realizing that being so strong, like having that type of armor wasn't really helping me. I was just like splitting who I was Mm. and really understanding that part of myself, feeling the anger, feeling the outrage, trying to find ways to then like learn more about these feelings and learn more about how I exist in this world helped me really, I think, come to terms with it. Mm. So I think it's like one of the keys is like, You know, let yourself like let your guard down, like let yourself be like vulnerable, let your let you like let yourself be angry. And I think that's what George Floyd did. Like, black people finally let themselves be angry. You know, they let themselves be hurt, they let themselves show the sadness and the fear and the pain that has been caused over years. Yeah, like you know, oppression essentially. So, I think. really just integrating those the good and the bad is what brought me to a place of being like hey this is who I am I mean I guess every day I'm still like figuring out too right like hey and if you
1: if if there's ever a day where you stop trying to figure out who you are and what life is about then I think it's the day you stop really living because none of us are gonna know I don't think anybody until the day you die you know exactly who you are you just have a good idea of what you're not gonna tolerate But, you know, any situation will challenge who you think you are, given the right circumstances. So I really like that. I really do want to echo embracing even the negative parts that come with, especially when it comes with your identity racially. If you are somebody that is a minority, because I think that's, I would argue that's probably one of the reasons why we struggle with it is that we don't want to be a part of that sad history. We don't want to be a part of a victim victim victimized history essentially where we were nothing we were seen as just property and ownership I understand wanting to separate from that but there's also so much empowerment and to your point like history when you just educate yourself that when you really get to know where you come from like to think that at some point we couldn't even share water fountains with people to now having whole ass businesses with with water fountains galore and now with bathrooms <laughs> that are multi-gender, who would have even gay people back then would have even believe that they could get married in 30, fucking 30, 40, 50 years. I don't know the exact map, but you know what I'm saying? Like there's so much you think isn't going to happen that with time, like that should happen. So embracing, embracing the, the journey. It, yeah. <laughs> acknowledge, but it's also like, holy shit, once you do acknowledge, once you do embrace, once you do take that anger and find a way to constructively deal with it. Um, I still can't watch a lot of racist movies because I get triggered very much, but it's a beauty and knowing where you come from. And so I think finding yourself in America or finding yourself in general is hard, but when you live in America, I think it's even harder because America has an ideal citizen to me. I feel like there's a, there's a certain type of American citizen that most people in America are striving to be and those individuals that aren't striving to be that are individuals who feel uncomfortable, are those individuals who have to question their identity or like second guess why they don't fit into the circle when you're a square because we are not that ideal citizen. That was a tangent, all that to say, hashtag, everyone <laughs> that's been called a weirdo, I've been called a weirdo, like hashtag unite us because weirdos is what make the world go round. Right <laughs> and if you don't have weirdo in your identity, then... You a weirdo. So apparently, you do have it in your identity. <laughs> <My dad. laughs> Anything else you gotta say about? I feel like that was. I'm gonna listen back to this and be like, we talked about a lot. And we if did. My, if my title is gonna be
0: accurate, but it was all be, I, I loved it. I feel like we like just touched the surface of so many things, and like, oh. um, I don't know. I mean, just read about the Black Panthers. Read about colonization. <laughs> like. Um, I don't know. I th- Those are the things that really shifted a lot for me. Like, I took a class called Black Impression and PDX <laughs> when I was in going to, like, university. And that class, I think, really, really, like, challenged uh, my previous thoughts on a lot of what's been happening in our world and, like, how Black people see themselves. So um, I think really just, like, listening to all the different activists and really also, like, hearing their perspective, like, Angela Davis amazing like yeah just hearing that stuff reading that and it's and realizing that we don't have anyone like that now and like thinking like how can we get to a place where we're all united like that again right like where people were actually making change so I guess that's that's what I have to leave well, it with <laughs> I, I love I
1: I agree I think we touched on the surface of a lot of stuff just y'all yeah you understand essentially I mean to to really wrap us up because I do want to be mindful of your time. I don't have you just here, but um, I feel like we live in a world that just had, like, we're all made up of so many different identities. There's so many different things that we identify as, like I am now identifying as a plant mom, which I'm going to say is an identity. (laughs) And that we put so much pressure on ourselves also to fit into, to fit into something like, I feel like if you feel like you have so many different labels or so many things you identify with, be one every day of the week. Shit. If you feel like being a plant mom on Monday and then being a a, a bad plant mom on Tuesday, wear both those pants, you know, like balance, baby. Don't don't subscribe to one identity. Look at Kate. Baby got like multiple and kicking ass, taking names. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's doable. We don't got to fight them. That's all I think. That's all I think. Um, I agree with that 100%. Beautiful. Well, okay, Kate, I had asked you earlier um, to think of something. And uh, folks that's listening, I'm trying this new thing out where I would like my guests to tell us a positive affirmation that they like or something that they like to tell people. Anything to keep the positive juices flowing. What you got for us, Kate?
0: Um. Well, this is going to just show my inner uh, nerd love it <laughs> but love it. um this is from if you've read the book dune which is one of my favorite books you should read it if you have it I but anyways there's there's a whole like passage but you know it starts out saying that fear is the mind killer and so um and it's like fear is a little death that like takes over us and and essentially i like believe that like don't be fearful like fear is what stops you from like succeeding, fear is what stops us from doing everything, fear like fuels our anxiety. So like, don't be fearful, just like do it, Mm. you know? And when you're feeling afraid, just like let it move through you, you know? So that's my thing, I guess.
1: No, I love that. I have been trying to get better and not letting fear control me as well. So that is very apt. And I didn't even tell Kate the topic before, before she knew, like, had her quote. I think that ties very well with identity. Like, a lot of a lot of people live in fear of their identity and being truly them. So, I think that's apt. I think that. I think that it was, worked out. That did. It was beautiful, Kate. Girl, you know, I couldn't have asked for better, beautiful conversation. The time I kept checking my clock, I was like, "Fuck! It's how much time has passed already." it was going by so fast. thank you so much it was great you know,
0: for like a minute thank you for having me i hope everyone enjoys uh this podcast i mean you're awesome so i mean how can they not i'm gonna second that
1: uh thank you for that <laughs> on.
0: well on that note
1: kate i'll talk to you a later alligator Yo,
0: So she killed a hundred all day long All day long If you ain't gonna be honest, then she done then done